He came, he saw, and he scored. Benfica's new boy, Marcos Leonardo, is already on a score sheet with very few minutes. But all of a sudden, here comes Cabral. <laughs> what an exciting performance against Braga. We got that, plus a few recaps and much, much more. Now, every night, all... <laughs> I screwed that up, Dave. See you later, guys. Hasta que no estás aquí dentro, no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Quiero Benfica intimidar al adversario. Quiero un manto sagrado entrar con vocês en cualquier estado. Y estamos, pa. Es esto que quiero. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasic. With you, as always, every Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on what's going on with the games, bringing you the latest and greatest in Befica land. Thank you very much for checking us out, for your support, for listening. For the Freddies, they're already on uh, on the chat there. We appreciate it. Dave, what's happening, brother? How you been? What's going on, Alfredo? What's going on, Freddy's? Good to be back on uh, this. Got a couple of games uh, to recap. On the uh, score sheet, looks uh, all bright and positive, but uh, <laughs> anybody that sat through those games and watched it, uh, you know, it was uh, not really reflective what the uh, scoreline shows, but we'll get, we'll get into that and uh, review uh, Boavista as well. Yeah, let me uh, say hello to the Freddy's, Mike Madeira, Josh Almeida, Eller Paiva, Chico Marcelino, David D., E. Mello, uh, Davey Penn, Dave D, that's you. That's me. <laughs> it's already Reis. smashed the like button. Smash the like button. Diogo Reis, Nuno M, Kevin Martins, uh, uh, Deltashka. What's happening, everybody? Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Tuesday evening as it is podcast night. Dave, we had a little bit of uh, some snow here up in uh, New- the New Jersey area, but nothing too crazy. Um, eh, two to three inches, uh, which is really frozen up quick. Uh, it's nothing but ice out there now, and I think the temperatures will remain below freezing for the rest of the week here. How's everything in your neck of the woods? Same, same here. Not too much snow. Uh, it's uh, very cold. Though. I think they call it a polar vortex. <laughs> polar vortex. Neck of the uh, the woods. We didn't get the snow that uh, Buffalo got. I don't know if you saw the uh, Bills game there uh last night but uh we we avoided that but we we've got the cold for sure here in our neck of the woods yeah yeah now look it's uh january what do you expect uh we're in winter season unless you live below the equator line then you got the seasons reversed but here for us it's cold cold uh but anyway here we are we'll have uh the we'll recap the braga game uh for the portuguese cup the riwav game uh for which was the last game of the first round. Uh, and we'll also look ahead to uh, Bovista, which is uh, Bifika's first game of the season, which uh, I had the pleasure of being at uh, in the first round. Uh, now Bovista will travel to Stade Luz to play Benfica in a game where Benfica hopes to set the, the record straight and get, uh, get payback. 
Bovista for the one. I think we all, do we only have one loss all season, Dave, all, so far in the Portuguese league. That's correct. And that was uh, that was at the hands of Bovista. So we're we're looking to um, to set that record straight. Let's get uh, right into this uh, into this Braga game. Uh, Benfica hosted Braga and the Portuguese Cup game in a game that we felt that it was going to be a, a tough game. Benfica lined up with Trubin, Auschner, Silva, Otamendi, Murato, Neves, Kokshu, Di Maria, João Mario, Rafa, and Cabral. Um, interesting, interesting game here for Benfica. Always difficult to come up against Braga. Braga, who had uh, uh, a, a game against, uh, who was it, Famalicão? No, a Vitória. Yeah, they had that game against Vitória, which they drew late. So there was always something that uh, that we were talking about, Dave, in terms of how does that impact uh, Braga, right? And it seems that now that, you know, fast forward a week, right, they've gone down a rabbit hole. They lost to Benfica. Uh, they lost to Porto and, and deserved Porto. And, and not that against Benfica wasn't deserved obviously um but uh but you know but it was it was an interesting game it was an inter interesting game and, and Benfica practically uh started the game uh on the back foot with uh, Braga scoring the eighth minute Benfica called back one uh in the 42nd minute uh, from Rafa on a, a cockshoe assist Uh, and then in the 45th minute, before the players headed to the locker room, Cabral uh, got on a score sheet from an assist from Muratu. Uh, and Dave, let me ask you about this. Did, did, did you always know that Cabral had it in him? Because for me, clearly the best game that he's had with the Benfica jersey. The best game that he's, he's played so far. But while I was researching, uh, doing my research for this podcast, Every game that Cabral has played uh, against Braga, he scored uh, against them. So last year, I believe, uh, with Fiorentina, he played them in the Europa Conference League, picked up three goals uh, against them. And now he didn't play them the first time uh, we played them this uh, season, 1-0. One, one but uh, yeah. this game, he adds to his tally. That's now four goals uh, against Braga in three matches. Uh, in So... Call it what you will, maybe short sample size, but this guy likes uh, yeah. scoring against Braga. So, yeah, good to see from him. I know he's probably feeling the pressure now uh, with Marcos uh, Leonardo coming into uh, the mix. Um, but uh, it's good to have healthy competition. And as long as uh, we have all these uh, strikers producing, uh, it can only benefit us here as we approach the uh, second yeah. half of the season. Yeah, for sure. And it was something that uh, we had, I had mentioned that with. Uh, with Marcos Leonardo coming, right, which was a clear sign for the three forwards that we have in terms of, okay, well, you guys are not performing. You guys are not scoring consistently. None of you has really pleased uh, Roger Schmidt. We're going to bring another forward that could put the ball in the back of the net. And and surely those guys must be feeling the pressure. And I, and I said that on the last podcast, as a matter of fact, I said that, This may even spur some of them in terms of, okay, well, there's no way that Benfica is probably going to carry four forwards when we only play with one, right, out of those three. Uh, so I better do something. I better do something. And, and Cabral, to be honest with you, he, he had been progressing. Uh, I feel him that he's a lot looser. 
uh, it felt that he was at times that he was uh, like he was almost like rusty. That it was very you didn't see the fluidity in his movements. Uh, and it looks like now that when when you look at him, and especially this Praga game, and and we'll get into the Riwav game because I got a couple things to say about the Riwav game and his performance, right? Um, when you look at him, the way he combined uh, with his teammates, uh, the goal that he had, which was it's it's a classic center forward goal. You get the ball with your back to the goal. You make a move, you find a way to spin around and find a, sh a room to, to shoot, and that's what he did, and he scored. Um, but there was a lot of things that he did, that he did well. He seems to be uh, quicker, more fluid in his movements, as I mentioned. Uh, he's physical. He holds back the, the defender, so it's really hard to take the ball away from him. And really, he came out of left field. Uh, for Benfica and and really he had a, a performance maybe like a MVP worthy uh, performance. Uh, so you know Benfica came out strong, but they they suffered the first goal against the the runner play as I, as I mentioned. Uh, but continued you know coming at Braga and we would eventually get that uh, that goal. But so many missed passes and and I think that at this point of the season, Dave, I'm a little bit worried because we saw some sloppy play. In uh, against Braga, then against Ruiz, we saw some more. A lot of missed passes. There's a lot of combination, a lot of movement that the players are doing. But with missed passes, it always takes away from from the flow of the game. Uh, I don't know if you if you notice that. Yeah, for for sure, especially more in the Ruiz uh, game, especially when uh, we were playing eleven v eleven. But um, and I know. This has been Rogers de facto starting eleven now here while we've been in this seven game or eight game whatever whatever the streak is at uh, now in terms of winning. So the saying is don't fix what's uh, not broken. Right. But you're starting to see here these last two games that there there are some some areas that need to be taken. Um, and not to jump ahead of ourselves, we do get our, our signing of another left back, which should hopefully um, help us out in, in terms of combinations and, and that side of the uh, the field there. But um, yeah, I, I what's really going to be interesting is to see what lineup he puts out on, on Friday against Boavista. If he goes back to his same trusted 11, but um, I wasn't too pleased, uh, especially in the Rio Ave match, um, what I saw from the... Uh... Yeah. Coming out of the second half, 48 minutes in, another goal allowed uh, from uh, from Braga. The Braga tied up the game. In the 70th minute, we would go get the uh, go-ahead goal from Auschwitz off of a Artur Cabral assist. So he's not only scoring, but he's also assisting. Uh, and and the game would he, eventually. He loves his his back to the ball. And yeah, but in those those tricky plays, he's got a big ass, right? So he's. Good at shielding the ball and doing those pirouettes too, and, and those back heel passes or sometimes back heel goals. And this time it was a pass. You don't really see that too often from a, a striker, but uh, good on him for uh, setting up Arshness. And credit Arshness with that finishing uh, too. You don't often see that uh, yeah. from him in cool, calm, and collective. Uh, got us the goal. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, uh, Tuka Cabral with the with the heels and the assists and the spin moves. I mean, where's this guy been? Where, where all these moves been? Is this what we're what we're in for? But certainly, the people that have seen him play a Basel and play and play a Fiorentina saw some of these flashes in him. But now it's it's a matter of con- consistency from him. But again, uh, very not a very uh, good 15 minutes of the second half by Benfica, which allowed Braga to to claw one back. Uh, but certainly, you know, the lack of of high pressure uh, by Benfica and allowing Braga to have the ball uh, was uh, w- was something that proved to be to be challenging. Uh, we won the game, and I think that we won the game, and we deserved the game. But uh, I think that there was a lot of things that could be improved, as as Dave mentioned, especially on a passing and the sharpness aspect of it. Um, I wanted I wanted to to really say something about, and you guys have have heard me here, and you guys also know that I'm not a supporter of um, of Rafa's renewal, right? Uh, and the reason for that is because he's he's inconsistent. Uh, I think that the um, the amount of money that he wants, not that I that I know, but I'm thinking that it's a higher amount. That is something that Benfica is a little bit hesitant in terms of a 30 year old uh, whose game depends a lot on speed. And as you grow older, that speed will eventually. Uh, or will subside little by little as you grow older. So I'm not a big fan of 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 uh, Benfica signing uh, or renewing with with Rafa, right? So there's been mixed signals, nothing from the club. Rafa has has left some some hints in terms of, you know, I'm I'm leaving. But Dave, the the way I I look at at Rafa, the way he's been playing, I mean, he's been on fire the past few games, and I have to to admit that, right? And I think that I would. I'll be hip, uh, a hypocrite if I if I didn't mention that, right? Um, but the way I was thinking about this, it, and it's almost like that that newly single guy uh, that uh, is no longer attached was was with this girlfriend for a long, long time, and now he's single, right? So he's starting to to go out. He, he puts on his Dracar Noir best pair of pants. Slick shirt. He's got the gold chains. He's got the earrings, and he's just going to the bar, and he's just sitting there, like trying to pick up chicks, and and you know, like how usually, just breakups. There's always boyfriends or, or girlfriends. I said, man, man, I used to be good with with him. Maybe I'll get him back, and now they're out there being single, and you kind of feel like you're you're you got FOMO. Uh, so. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. You know, Rafa is is finding himself uh, single again in in a market. Or he's just putting himself out there. But, but for real, he's he's been um, off the charts in terms of his performances, scoring goals. Uh, you don't see him miss as many goals as uh, you were seeing uh, in in the past few months. So he's he's really at, at the top right now. Uh, and it, it's good. What, what do you what do you think, Dave? Uh, you think he's playing for the renewal, or you think he's playing to put himself in in a good position to have more suitors? He uh, he can be playing for the renewal. He could be playing for his mother. He could be playing for Mother Teresa. As long as he's uh, putting up performances like this, I don't care who he's <laughs> performing for. 
Um, and really, it doesn't matter whether or not we sign him or not. This is a win-win situation, the way I look at it in our books. If he's uh, playing for a new contract and he doesn't get it from us, at least we got the performance out of him. Thank you yeah. very much. Hopefully that leads to a championship at the end of the, the season. But what we saw from him before, before he ever... Uh, this all really started after he did that... Uh, flash interview after he got the man yeah. the match and yeah. kind of yeah. dropped the hints that he's gonna miss uh, his teammates. Uh, <laughs> but ever since that, uh, five those five games since uh, then, three goals and six assists for uh, for Rafa. Really, so um, if he's got that extra motivation, he's got that little fire in his his belly. There, good on him. And like I said, I re- this is really not uh, a lose. Uh, for us, right? We're getting the performance out of a player that we depend upon. We, there's no denying that. We said that, right? This team depends on Rafa. Um, but really, I, I don't care. I'm I I'm in the same boat as you, Alfredo. I'm good if they don't resign yeah. him at the uh, the end of the year, as long as he keeps doing this uh, this keeps up with this performance, and uh, we kept keep on picking up the victories. It's a win-win in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, let him play out the end of his contract to the best of his ability. I mean, as as a loyal servant of the club and as somebody that's employed by the club, that's your your, your commitment is to finish out the contract in the same level that you've you've been. Uh, not that you're going to tail off, but but certainly, look, there was a lot of criticism. Uh, I think that there's there's some mixed signals, as I mentioned, that Rafa's putting out out there. Uh, from the club, no word on on the club. I think I feel, um, and I could be wrong, right? I feel that if the club had uh, intent to sign him, that they would have done it by now. They're not going to go until March, April to resolve the situation. That's how I. That's what I feel. Uh, I don't know. If they would have. They would have done it by now, and then they also wouldn't have been signing these younger strikers from yeah. Argentina that are supposed yeah, to be coming in January. So Yeah, there there's a question there's a question here by Elder Piver says how will Sheldrup fit into the squad next season? I was thinking that he'll replace Rafa. Look, you got uh you got Sheldrup out there, you got Prestiani, uh you got Rollheiser, um that is Govea. You got Govea. Um we know for a fact that Di Maria is gone. Right, uh, I think that that's that's already a, a foregone conclusion. And if we could send him on his way with a championship, I think that he would appreciate, and we would appreciate Di Maria also. I think that at this point, I think that there's a, a planning uh, by Benfica in terms of what the future of this club is going to look like, or the future of the squad is going to look like. And certainly, if if Rafa is is not going to be part of the setup. Uh, Gonzalo Gedge is going away. Uh, we're left with with this group of, of of young players that we have that have, we have acquired and that we we feel that are are planned for the future. So that that's where I think that Befica is at right now. We're we're planning. We're seeing things. Uh, I think we're being smart in terms of um, addressing some of those needs or or, or preparing a succession plan. Uh, and some people may say, "Well, fuck, we need the we need a right back. Where's our right back? Why can't we go get a right back?" The left back situation that's been solved, and we'll get into that a little in a little bit. Uh, but certainly, you know, there's a lot of young talent out there. 
we don't know how uh, our shell droop is going to come back. We're hoping that this this year uh, that he's been out on loan and certainly he's been put in performances that are 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 to be called for and to be appreciated. Uh, so we don't know, but I think that there's there's a certain level of maturity that Sheldrup got to um, from being in in Lisbon, first time away from from his from his country. Uh, what? Wait, no, first time away from Scandinavia. I could say that because he was he he's he's uh, Danish. Is he Danish? Norwegian. And he was playing in a Nor he's Norwegian league. It was like something weird between him and Casper. Casper was Danish and he was playing in the Norwegian league. And Sheldrup was Norwegian and he was playing in the Danish. I, something, something crazy like that. I can't, I can't remember now. Yeah, that, um, you, you had a very. Uh, he's playing. He's Norwegian playing in the Danish league. Right. So I think that this year is has kind of served up uh, for him to to mature, and, and I hope that when he comes back to Benfica in the summer, that he recognizes that you know there, there's value here, there's potential. And I kind of I need to show my potential in in order to earn a space uh, in my in this team. We don't know what Bresciani is going to bring. He's a young talent, but I mean he's he's six sixteen. He'll be seventeen at the end of this this month, Dave. So we no, can't. No, the other way. The other, he he couldn't he couldn't sign until he was eighteen. Oh, he's, okay. And he was already seventeen, yeah. turning eighteen on the thirty first, and then that's when yeah. the deal gets uh, finalized. Right. So that's when we sign him. So we we don't really don't know. Young player coming out of Argentina. We, we have high hopes for him. Uh, so certainly you got to be looking at guys and and think we got to put some kind of succession plan here because Di Maria is gone. Rafa will most likely be gone. Right now we got. Ovea, really, which is the other winger. Who else? Who else could could play wing? Well, uh, we forgot about Nedish. Okay, so Nedish. He, he's right there. now, but right. He'll, he'll but there. still, that's the, you know, if Di Maria leaves and and Rafa leaves, that leaves us two two natural wingers. Uh, so yeah, so that there has to be a plan put in place to to you know keep keep the succession plan and, and keep the the team going. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm getting off on on a tangent here, Dave. Uh, wrapping up, so Benfica won the game. On to the next stage. Um, you want to give some stats and and uh, the draw also took place what a couple days ago. Yesterday or oh, it was, oh, it was yesterday. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday morning, yeah. So uh, we'll now face uh, Vizela in the quarterfinals of the uh, the Tasa, uh, and then from there. On our side of the bracket, will you? If we get past the Vizela, we'll play the winner of Lady uh, Sporting. Then uh, another quick stat here: Roger against the other uh, big three in Portugal this season. Uh, two wins against Porto, one win against Sporting, and now uh, two wins uh, against. Braga. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> and I, I was looking at the at the draw uh, for the Portuguese Cup, uh, actually in. Benfica, they drew uh, Vizela. We've right? had the hardest, the hardest, the road hardest to the, road, it, Dave. The final. It's not even. Holy uh, shit, uh, man! The other side of the bracket uh, has the other two. Uh, Santa, Santa Clara, right? Santa, Santa Clara against Porto, right? And then Gil Vicente and Guimarães are playing on that side right. of the, the bracket. And then uh, Sporting it, got Lidia. Sporting Lidia. Got Santa Clara. Vizela, so. Vizela. Vizela with us, 
And yeah. if we beat Vizela, then we play Sporting in a, a time that we we may end up playing Sporting six times this year. Six, yeah. and and those and the semifinals for the Portuguese Cup are a two-legged affair. Two legs. Uh, yeah. So that means that if we get past Vizela and Sporting uh, beats Leiria, that we will have a home and away uh, fixture against Sporting for the for a place in the finals at the Jamor if it gets played at the Jamor. Um, and the way they, the way they, uh, well, no, we would play them in the semifinals. I thought we were going to be playing them in the finals because I was going to say the way the shape, the season's shaping up to be, it might looks like it's going to be a two horse race here with us in Sporting, but like yeah. ahead of ourselves, and we would meet them in the semifinals, not the finals. Yeah, so. but you also got the Tasa La Liga final four. Uh, that there's a chance that if we win against uh, what you got, Sturil. We win yeah, against and Sturil, Braga and Sporting and Braga side. and Sporting beats Braga. That's another game against Sporting. So you know, uh, on the other side, I think that Porto uh, has had a, a, an extremely easy draw, and, and Sporting has had some some easy teams. But uh, I mean, if we go for, we'll we'll take a look at you know the the road. But it hasn't been a very easy road for Benfica. You know, very very tough. Very tough for Benfica, but hey, uh, if you want to win the championship or if you want to league win the the cup, you need to play everyone and beat everyone that you come to face. So, whether you uh, face him now or face him down the road, it's you gotta win. That's simply that. Um, turning our attention now to the last game of the uh, first round, Riwav traveled to Benfica to complete a three-game homestand. For uh, Benfica, so we had uh, no. I'm sorry. We had Braga, we have Riwav, and now we have Bovista. So it's a, a three-game homestand that way. I'm sorry. So we're in the middle right now. So um, Riwav came to Stade Luz to to play against Benfica. Truben was in goal. Ausner Silva, Otamendi, Morato, uh, Neves, and Coxu, Di Maria, João Mario, Rafa, and Cabral. Um, I don't know. Tough game. Tough game. Team, it, yeah. Go ahead, Dave. No, I was just going to say the team looked gassed. Um, yeah, yeah. But, we're in the middle of this seven-game seven, uh, seven winning streak, and mind you, it's been a bunch of mankush that yeah. we've been facing with a couple of big squads here and there, but this uh, this was a team that just looked gassed. Uh, I don't know what it was, if it was... Playing Braga on three or four days rest and maybe not taking Ryuav um, seriously, but um, especially the the back line there, they couldn't get anything really going or develop any play uh, creatively going forward. The the team just looked really gassed and yeah. Truben again stands on his head. Like how many times have we said this now, uh, week after week, that this guy is saving us points. Um, when you look at the score sheet, the the score sheet is not a four. It does not reflect no. the match that actually took place. A four. It was definitely not a, a four-one uh, result, and Riwav deserved more uh, than than that. Uh, but uh, Ruben stands on his, his head in the first half, uh, where it could have easily been three uh, three-one. Yeah, we scored a goal in the first half. Three-one or going into to halftime uh, there, but 
Um, very, very concerning first half from from Benfica, and uh, I felt we were fortunate to yeah. only be down one-one uh, going into to halftime there. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good game. Uh, I think that when when Benfica doesn't have um, the ability to press high, which is something that Roger Schmidt was was known for, especially last year. When Benfica doesn't have that ability, uh, not only are you um, ex- giving the ball to the other team and a team like Riuav and a team like Braga, and especially Riuav, that, that are good on a ball, uh, that they like to play ball on the feet, that combine well, uh, that construct well, that get past the, the, the you know whatever first line of defense from Benfica was, I thought that they played extremely well. Uh, and and when you look at the Riwav game and and also you look at the Aroca game, right? Aroca played at Stade Illusion. They had they finished the game with more possession than Benfica. Uh, and now with the Riwav game, another situation where we give up a goal in the ninth minute. Uh, Trubin makes a couple saves inside the first twenty five minutes that kept the game at bay because had. Had we allowed the goal uh, during that during that period where Trubin made those two saves, coming back from two goals is very difficult. It's extremely difficult, especially when we noticed that the team was gassed towards the end of of the game or towards um, you know that 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 after the first quarter uh, of the second half, the, the the team just looked gassed. Um, fortunately, Trubin made those saves in the 29th minute. Uh, Di Maria will get the equalizer for, off of an assist from from Rafa, and really we went into the locker room and we were just lucky. We were just lucky, but it was an uninspired half by Benfica, missing lots of passes again, giving Riwav space and time with the ball, and Riwav gets to the goal with ease and Benfica with and Benfica's passiveness. Somebody was saying, um, Elder Paiva was saying, worst game of you seen Murato play. I agree, awful, awful game. Uh, not only for Murato, but for some of the guys. I don't think Otamendi has been the same since the uh, since the, the Christmas break. Uh, and I don't want to really speculate anything here, uh, older player, but he just hasn't been that flawless uh, center back uh, leader in, 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 in Befica's defense. I think that he's, he's turned the ball over quite a bit. Uh, has had some 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 shaky plays. Let's just hope that he he could turn it around. Uh, but yeah, but um, you know it was just it was just difficult. Uh, Befica's goal came from a counter, and it it sparked a bit of a of a change in in mentality in terms of the way the team was playing. But nothing that could that could be materialized in more goals. We were. We were for you know we were fortunate. Well, not fortunate. It was it was a nice play between Di Maria and, and and Rafa to get the equalizer. But again, we weren't the better team that first half. Uh, second half, Riwav it's the upright in the 46 minutes. They hit the upright again in the 49th minute. In the 59th minute, uh, second yellow card for for their center back, which would uh, gave. Uh, Benfica the advantage of a, of one more man on the field, uh, and I think that that from then the the story became something other 
than what we had seen up until that point. Uh, Riwav lost uh, what lost the man, had to drop lines, couldn't press Benfica, had a hard time finding that extra player. Benfica was was better uh, defending. Um, Antonio Silva gets the in the 61st minute. 61st minute, he gets the go ahead. Uh, then a few substitutions. Uh, Gouveia for Di Maria, Florentino for Coxu, Leonardo for Cabral. And clearly a sign, it's position for position, and clearly a sign that these guys are, are gassed out. Di Maria almost never uh, comes out in the 60 that early in a game, let alone Schmidt making substitutions that early. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I was surprised that Marcio Leonardo uh, – played to be honest with you because last week I'd said I didn't expect him to to play uh because I really felt he was he was off season in Brazil the season was was finished and I just thought that he had to get to the physical levels uh that are going to be acceptable acceptable that are going to allow him to play uh in a competitive match but you know I, I guess uh you know Schmidt uh, had an, and his team had another assessment and he was he was uh, in. Uh, in the 80th, 80th minute, he would get his debut goal uh, that would put Benfica up by 3-1 off of an Auschwitz, uh assist. Uh, and Dave, um, we could clearly see he's not in shape yet, right? But understanding the, the value that, that, that Benfica paid for, for him, I think it was $18 million or something around that, that number, but understanding the value that that Benfica paid for him, uh, young kid, first time in Europe, um, wanting to make an impression, getting a goal on his first appearance takes a lot of pressure off of you. For sure. We've seen it the exact opposite with uh, Cabral, right? What was it? Agent 007, seven games with no goals <laughs> and uh, no assists, right? So now you see the... The complete opposite in in Marcos uh, Leonardo, right? Couldn't have written this script uh, better. I think Roger knew what uh, he was doing there. The, you're playing against a Riwav team that's a shorter man. You're playing at home. Uh, you have the the advantage. I think it, it wasn't a necessarily a pressure cooker situation. So yeah, you could throw him in there, get uh, accustomed with his teams and, and how uh, how they play. In a real live match uh, situation, so um, I, I credit Roger and more more specifically that he made his substitutions, like you said, <laughs> uh, in the 62nd uh, minute, uh, and not waited to the for his first sub in the 75th, and then the rest in the 89th when he throws everything uh, to the wall. But um, good on good on Roger for reading that situation, and and good on uh, Marcos Leonardo for yeah. getting on the score sheet, getting that pressure. No, not even letting the pressure build and, and just uh, hopefully it's just continue smooth sailing from here. Yeah, but uh, to be able to get a, day, a goal on your debut, uh, certainly it, it takes away from that pressure, especially getting that first goal because as a forward, that first goal is always your entryway uh, and almost like your acceptance by, by the fans because up until that point, there's always a little bit of, doubt and second guessing from the fans in terms of who's this guy what value is he going to add uh and certainly getting that goal is is a step in the direction of being accepted and fulfilling 
what the expectations are in terms of what the what the club has for him uh, and going and and getting him into Brazil and paying that that type of type of money uh so i think that it, it was a good thing for him it was a good thing for him and it was i think that all the fans were were happy because um we've been missing a lot of goals we need guys that can put them away uh and then in the 90th Joe Mario off of a Rafa assist for one put the put the game away uh but the game really changed the after the the red card for 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 Riwav. Uh, but again, poor start of the second half with Riwav having two chances to score. Um, the game became easy for Benfica after the ejections, as I mentioned. Uh, Which were fair ejections, right? Yeah, no, it, you know, I, I think you can't really point anything at the, at the referee, right? Uh, I think that they were trying to make the case of, well, the first foul, it was, re- it was really his first foul. He shouldn't have gotten a yellow... Look, a, a yellow card foul is a yellow card foul, regardless of whether if it's in the third second or or in the ninety second minute. If it's a foul for a yellow card, you get a yellow card, and and the handball is just it's a foolish play by a veteran player. Uh, so it, it really through what Riwav had been doing up until that point, it really it really went down the hill, and and I don't think that Riwav was able to. Uh, to recover from it, uh, I thought that they they deserved a better scoreline. I think that four one, as as we've been saying here, both games, both against Prague and and, and against Riwav, the scoreline is not reflective of of what what the game was, especially against Riwav. I thought that it was it was a much closer game than the four one. And, and granted, after the ejection, it was all Befica. But still, Riwav had some very good chances in the first half. They have two good chances to open up the second half. And they were just unlucky that um, that they weren't able to convert. Uh, but really, uh, something that I saw that the team gassed out. And, and I think, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm looking at this, Dave, and I'm thinking uh, there has to be... Roger has to know that that players are not as as fresh going into this game as he, he would think so, right? Because we have Benfica Lab, we have all these guys doing all these tests and all these measurements in terms of player performance. There has to be somebody that says, hey, these guys are only going to be able to go 45, maybe 50, maybe 60, and, and which explains the early subs, right? But at some point, and now with the with the games starting to get uh, fast and furious, right now with the with the League Cup, uh, the Final Four being played um, next week and next weekend, uh, and then we're getting into um, into February also, where at the end of February we'll have Europa League. Uh, I think that. Roger needs to start looking at the squad and, and see where he can rotate. I think that Jomari deserved some some bench time. Uh, I think that De Maria could, could see a little bit of rest too. I think it would be good for him. I think it would re-energize him. Um, but I think we, we really need to... He, he, Roger needs to start managing the squad a lot better in terms of um, how he rotates and in terms of, of player stamina and what they could give. I understand that losing uh, a player like Gonzalo Ramos sticks a, a lot away from what your MO has been uh, last season in terms of the high press and, and pressing guys and 
and Di Maria and João Mario are not your guys that are going to to press the the, the, the defensive line of for the other team. So you kind of have to adjust a little bit to that. Uh, but th there's guys that you kind of they they need a, a little bit of a of a break in my opinion. I think I think it would do it would do them well. Um, but again, sloppy. And we're not we're not we're not here clamoring for a whole change of no. a starting uh, eleven either, right? Because no. That just throws the the players right off. But yeah, a, a player or two here, I think that only benefits the squad, especially after what we saw against Riawav and uh, the the sluggishness and just poor execution in passing and uh, development uh, in plays. There, I think the whole squad would benefit from a, a rest. Yeah. Of, uh, no controversy. No nothing. Yeah. It's just benefiting just... the guys. If we need them to come off the bench, great. Um, yeah. But You're rotating the squad. Yeah, hopefully Roger, but that hasn't been Roger's mo since he's he's been here. Once he has his his favorites, he sticks he sticks to them, right? And when we struggled at the beginning of this season, it's almost that I don't know if it was one that Roger he said here that Roger didn't know the players yet to play his system or to he was still tinkering with his, yeah. his system and um and then also with that we were playing every three four four days right and like you alluded to well that's we're kind of ramping back up here yep. now at the end of uh january and leading into february so i hope it's not something uh not time to ring the alarm bells that when we start playing every three four games this team's uh quality yep. decides to to go down um hopefully that's not the case especially with these guys that we're bringing in as reinforcements and we can rotate a player here in there but um concerning so far after these last two matches from what i've seen in terms of uh... yeah and, and and the excuse last year was that you didn't have the squad this year you yeah, have options and uh i think it was nuno m that was saying here he said i don't think we should sign um i'm sorry i, lo I lost the one Kino needs to start and Kokshu in for João Mario. I don't understand him sometimes. Yeah, like that's something that's already been tried. Uh, we all know that that Kokshu is is in a way playing out of position. That's a position that he's kind of had to to learn because he used to play a lot higher on the field with more freedom. Uh, I think the few times that we've seen him uh, drift out or or come and, and fill Joel Mario's spot when Joel Mario has, has been put on a bench. We've seen good things from Koksu with the ball on in his feet in an isolated position with another defender. Uh, and he's been able to do really good things from that. And and I think that's that's the way you gotta you gotta look at things. Uh Tino uh is uh is uh is somebody that has a huge lung that you could lean on him in terms of the effort that he's going to put out. Uh, I thought when he came in against Riwav that he had uh, a very a very good game for the time that he was on the field for, and I think that um, that that Roger Schmidt needs to start getting creative. Uh, Govea has been getting a lot more more time. I know that Neres is on the verge of 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 being uh, back, both Neres and and ba. So there's going to be options that are going to come into play. Uh, but I think that right now you have guys on a bench that you could you take you, you give uh, the weekend off uh, to a guy like João Mario. You give the weekend off to to a guy like like Di Maria, or you give him uh, half off or whatever. Uh, 
And, you know, and that's how you're going to get longevity from these players for the rest of the season because other than that, you know, you're just going to run them into the ground. You're going to run them into the ground because it's, it, the, the schedule is going to get tougher and tougher. Dave, win against uh, Riwav, that's that was the most important thing, especially with, uh, with Braga playing Porto uh, and Sporting already um, having, having won their game. Uh, so it was important. It was important. Stats on a game so we can move. Yeah. Uh, Di Maria's first league goal since September, since his uh, goal against uh, uh, FC Porto there. So uh, it's a, he doesn't offer us much defensively. So whenever he can score and help yeah. us out, uh, it's greatly uh, appreciated. Uh, like we said, uh, Marcos Leonardo scores on his uh, debut for Benfica. He joins uh, a list of strikers in recent history to score on their uh, Benfica debuts uh including Waldschmidt, uh Gonzalo Ramos, Carlos Vinicius and uh Seferovic. Been good uh, company and hopefully he just uh, continues scoring uh, from there. Yeah, um I you know Josh Josh Almeida is saying Truben uh the the difference maker. For sure, man. Uh and that Diego Reyes had said that at the end of this half we were we only um Two points. I, I think we we only we have two points less than we had last season, uh, and I think a lot of that you could you could look at what Trubin has done the past few weeks, and you could probably say that a lot of that you could attribute to to Trubin and how he's been. He's 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 a big time goalie. He's a big team goalie, uh, and that's the difference. Is that. When you're called, you might be 90 minutes just scratching your balls, but when you you call to action, you're there, man. You're there and you respond at a very high level, and that's what Trubin has done. And he's he's saved he saved our asses a few times now in uh, in past games. Um, but yeah, he's been a difference maker. But yeah, I think that the, uh, Sporting is uh, nine points ahead of what they. Um, if I if I if I'm recalling correct, nine points ahead of what they did last season at the halfway mark, so th- definitely a lot more consistency from from Sporting in terms of what they've done this first half, uh, and Benfica too has has had consistency. The biggest thing for us is that we have lost points against teams that, on paper, we were much better and we were supposed to win. Uh, I we should have never lost that game in in Boavista uh, to start the season, uh, but certainly other games that that we tied against teams that were weaker than us. That's that that's the difference, and the difference is also beating Porto, beating Braga, beating Sporting. Um, this first round, you, you would think, right on on paper, like I said, Rogers got a, a great record against the main competition, but if we can't beat the Mancus, the quote-unquote Mancus that we're supposed to be beating, that that really is the big difference at the end of the, the season, right? Because how many times yeah. have we been crowned champions and Porto and Sporting both beat us at uh, head-to-head during those seasons? Yeah. But consistency throughout the rest of the season where we pick up points against the Mancus and they might drop a point uh, here or there, right? Yeah. Uh, so looking into the second half of the season, we can't be affording uh, draws or losses to uh, the Moncouche going forward. Yeah. Um, Nunu, Nunu M is also saying Guga is bigger, better than, than Chiquinho. Yeah. I think that Guga is uh, Chiquinho 
2.0. I think he's a good player. He's a vers- he's a versatile player, but I just don't think that uh, he's had some some serious injuries in his career while he was at while he was at Benfica uh, youth level, and I think that that really set him back. But it, it, I mean, you, the technical ability that he has. But he's just not. He's he's a player that I feel that he has a ceiling. He's just like Shaquille. that he's a guy that that can make do. But he's he's not a guy that is at the caliber to be able to start for me. I think he's he's a good good depth guy on a team like Benfica. Um, rumor has it that he's he's about to sign a big contract and go to China. So good for him. Um, Turning our attention now to Boavista, Benfica will play um, Boavista this Friday. So Benfica will is bringing the game f- uh, forward uh, because we're playing uh, Sturil on Wednesday in the final four of the League Cup. Friday, eight fifteen local. Dave, what's uh, what's Boavista up to? Uh, they're currently in ninth with twenty points from five wins, five draws, uh, seven defeats. Uh, this season, prior to uh, this past weekend's 4-1 victory against Vizela, Bovista were winless in their last nine across all competitions, three, six, uh, three draws and six uh, defeats. Uh, and like we said, uh, Bovista were the only team to have beaten Benfica during the first round of the uh, Portuguese. Yeah, and uh, and Bovista has been up and down all season, right? So everybody's aware of their financial troubles. Everybody was aware of the fact that players haven't gotten paid or didn't get paid for for three months. Um, going home to take a shower because there was no hot water in the in the stadium. Like it, it, deplorable conditions, obviously for for a professional squad. And I think I I think they've done pretty well, but. That has also been a reflective of their form throughout uh, throughout the season, right? So after um, beating Benfica, they went on a five game uh, run where they didn't uh, lose a game. Um, after that, you know, it's it's been mostly losses and in a few ties. Uh, so it's you know they're a team that. They have the the talent to do a lot more. Uh, they just tied Porto, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think yep. they've one one. Yeah, so I mean, they they're they're a team with with talent, but certainly the the conditions in in which they've been put on by by the club uh, haven't really been the best. And uh, you know, you kind of have to praise their commitment that because. If I'm in a contract and I'm not getting paid for two, three months, I, I mean that is that is a tough situation. That is a tough situation to be uh, in. But um, yeah. Uh, so I, I they I, don't they don't have Petit there anymore too. They're on, right. They they let go of uh, him midway through the season. And really, they're for a team that's ninth in the Portuguese league. Like you're you're saying, you got to give all the credit to the players. Yeah. Like this is. This is all on the players and nothing to do with the the board or the side or whoever's running the Boavista as a club because it's a joke in the first first uh, division of the Portuguese league not not getting paid your wages and yeah uh, not paying training staff equipment staff groundskeeper and uh, 
utility bills it's a, it's a joke with like portugal last i check is not a third world country they they should be able to uh pay their their bills in the, the first division yeah uh, of, of yeah it's, a, it's so a... this this is a credit to the players i hope they're all rewarded in some way whether it's their next contract away from uh the the sham of a club uh but um this is you got to give credit to the 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 players because this is a complete uh farce what's uh what's going on there yeah it's it's a sad situation and, and as we mentioned that it's 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 commendable that the players have stuck around uh and i don't know if there's been uh some promises in terms of you know we'll we'll pay you uh two months that we had in arrears right uh I don't know if they're waiting for the for the winter transfer market to sell somebody um and to make some money so they could also pay players and play some some bills. I know that uh, the Malheiro kid was uh initially being targeted by Benfica but it seems that it now has gone cold because the Bovista president wanted a lot more money than what Benfica was willing to pay. So that's kind of gone Don Cold, I don't think that Benfica is is going to um is going to sign him. So you know he's it's, also injured now too as well. That's right, he's injured. He will be injured for this game. So it, it's 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 going to be an interesting situation uh, with Bovista. But nonetheless, Dave, no team needs motivation to play Benfica. No team. And we often say that. When we after watching Benfica's games and and we look at the opponents and said if this team if this is the level that this team shows up every week to play this team wouldn't be in a position that they're in right now in the table and that's the thing the thing is that everybody gets up to to play Benfica there the bright lights TV TV broadcasts, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, it's it's a game that Benfica's watched in, in outside of Portugal, also. So it's it, it's a shop window, right? That you have a, a chance to showcase yourself. So there's always teams that get up and they don't need extra motivation. And I think that this is going to be the case again. So regardless of whether um, whether Boa Vista. Uh, is down in dumps in terms of finances and players not getting, they're still going to be motivated to to play Benfica. So game happens this Friday uh, at 8.15 local, as uh, as I mentioned, uh, as Benfica gears up to um, to play the Final Four next week of the, the Taça de Liga. Campeão de Inverno, Dave. Campeão de Inverno. Um few loose items before we go. I, you know, people are already talking uh, in the chat. So, Álvaro Carreras. And initially it was Álvaro Fernandes, but apparently it changed to Álvaro Carreras, 20-year-old left back uh, on loan at Granada by, from Manchester United uh, as signed uh, a loan deal with Benfica with an option to buy, which I'm also reading that if the player plays fifty, at least 50% of the games starts fifty percent of of the games that are left that will that option to buy will uh become uh, uh a mandatory uh option hey, I'm all for it right right if it's if it's good right um I, I was it's funny because uh Cristiano's not here but I was I was talking to Cristiano beforehand like maybe about 
maybe about two hours ago, was talking to him. And uh, <laughs> the one thing that he called me about, he's, he was upset. And the thing that he called me about is like, man, maybe it's just me. But why is Benfica introducing a guy, formally introducing a signing at almost at 12 midnight Portugal time? <laughs> Chris, yeah, what was I, it? I used know. to be at 1904, right in the in the uh, late yeah. late afternoon, early evening, and now with these recent signings, it's been right yeah. at night, which is not bad for us on this side of the the pond. But if you're uh, you're in Portugal, there you're uh, you're waiting up late at night to uh, to get a, this announcement like this. Yeah, so I, I mean, I I don't know, but it, it, the thing is that, and a lot of us think like that, right? A lot of us that have. Because we follow American sports and we're so, or North American, I should say, because Dave is in Canada, right? But there's a lot of teams from Canada that play in the leagues that include American teams. Because we're so used to that, that, that advertising uh, machine of these leagues and these clubs uh, in the American sports, uh, and we know how much they they really pump up. I, don't know, I can't think of the word right now. They they just you know they create this level of excitement about a signing, right? It, it's all about a signing. It's all about uh, bringing eyes uh, to to watch these these presentations, whatever. Uh, and when you see something like that, it's like okay, well, is, is Benfica not thinking about marketing? Not thinking about advertisers not thinking about the fans uh, most of the fans are not even going to be able to to see this live whatever uh but i certainly understood um understood what, what chris's point was and i said well you know maybe rukos has got something to do tomorrow and he can't be present or maybe he's got to be a practice at 10 a.m and what are you going to introduce him at 9 a.m or it's like still you know they can introduce him sometime during the day it's like you know, it's it's not a big deal, but it's these are the things that that Chris stresses about. Um, but but yeah, um, my biggest. Th- I saw that there was. Uh, go ahead. You, I think we're touching about the same point. So go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. The the, the my biggest thing is that um, you know, he was at Granada. Granada is, I think, either last or or next to last in La Liga. Hasn't played. A lot of time. You figure that if you're playing for a shitty team, that you get minutes. You get minutes because you, you rise above the rest in terms of your ability and, and your skills, right? So I, I had a couple of reservations about that, and I was talking to Chris about it. Um, but he bring he brought up a great point, right? As a kid that uh, that came up with uh, with the Real Madrid uh, Cantera, right? Joined Manchester United still as a, as a junior. Uh, has been a setup in the the use uh, for Spain, right? So the formation, the the youth uh, national teams. He's he's been there. So it's obviously a guy that has pedigree, uh, along with the fact that um, in Spain. Uh, there's always been a, a, a very good school for fullbacks in Spain. I mean, you you look at all the fullbacks that Spain has produced throughout the years, and you see some some really talented guys that were at the top of their game, probably in, in some of the the best teams in, in the world during those during those times, right? 
So it's a kid that that has played uh, at a youth level. Uh, obviously, if he went to United as a junior, United obviously saw something. If he was playing for Real Madrid, Cantera, Real Madrid saw something. He, Real Madrid plucked him from uh, Deportivo de La Coruña, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but look, it's it's a kid that has pedigree. Uh, he's only 20 years old, though. Um, so I don't I don't think he's a finished product yet. Uh, is he better than than Jurassic? I hope so. Is he going to be better than Morato at the left back position? I hope so. He might not defend as good as Morato, but certainly going forward with the ball and with the ball at his feet and combining and, and getting vertical, uh, I think he he'll be a lot better. Um, so there, there's high hopes for this kid. Somebody was saying that. Um, uh, do you think that Fernandez will start uh, or be on the bench, Elder Piver? Uh, Elder, I, I think that he's he's probably going to be on on a bench, but I've been, you know, I've been wrong. I've yeah, been known to be it wrong. It hasn't been Rogers mo so far to just throw up. No, I, I was even surprised that he played Marcos Leonardo. To be honest with you, Dave. Yeah, it hasn't been Rogers. Uh, Going back to Truban, who had to wait like what we're three, four through three, four games until uh, he yeah. got his his start. Um, Leonardo, it seems like he's the exception to the rule. I mean, and not on not even first full week uh, coming off the bench here, but um, with uh, Fernandez or Carreras, uh, whatever <laughs> we're going by uh, this week. Um, I think we need to temper our expectations. Like uh, you said, he's coming in. He's still very young. Yeah. Didn't make too many appearances uh, for um, Granada. For Granada, what am I seeing here? 14 appearances this 400 this minutes, I think. Something yeah, like that. So, um, what I what I wanted to ask you, and because I've seen some some people going back and forth on Twitter in terms of the structure of the deal, because. United still has a buyback clause. They have priority rights if anybody else wants to sign them and to match the the sale, um, and own still take a percentage. So this isn't really a structure of a deal that Benfica is usually doing, right? Because we're used to getting a majority of the pass of the player and looking to already thinking about the next sale and making money off this. Where this is clearly in need of. The way I'm looking at it, it's a, a need on this this team. So it's not necessarily worrying about making money and maximizing your your profits, though he is still a young 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 player. Um, but it, I thought it was just a different structure of a deal that we're not used to seeing with Benfica, especially buying a, a younger player that still has a lot of uh, potential. No, oh, so it's 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 a loan deal, right? A so loan deal, but then afterwards with the six but, after they. If the 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 option is triggered for six million, yeah, United still has a buyback clause. Yeah, I I don't know. And they still have the first first right of refusal. I uh, I don't know. I I don't know because uh, because if that's if that's the contract that Benfica will if if you want to buy the player that's the, that's the contract that's in front of you. Uh, certainly you're right. It is 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 it's a deal that is it falls. Out outside of what Benfica usually does, um, but I mean, it, it's always something that be, that could be renegotiated. Um, so Benf- maybe Benfica pays a little bit, pays a little bit more, and 
and uh, gets more of a percentage. I don't know. Um, but yeah. When uh, when Joan Nevs in the off season there in the summertime, <laughs> a little bit of wheeling and dealing to, well, to yeah, get him over it's, there. It's, it's, there. Maybe this is United's way of uh, you know let's let's open a let's open up the conversations. Uh, let's make sure that both clubs you know are in a good place in terms of the relationship that the clubs and the partnership that the well I wouldn't say partnership but the relationship that the clubs have. Um, because you know they they might need to be uh, making a move on on Jordan Evans towards the end uh, of the season. So I don't know. Um, Musa and Jurasek rumored to be uh, to be leaving. Uh, Rollheiser still being discussed on whether or not he's going to join uh, during the winter uh, transfer window. So I, I think that um, there was talks about Gonzalo Gedge uh, leaving. I think if Gonzalez Gedge leaves, maybe we'll bring Rollheiser. And I think that one of the things that Cristiano mentioned is like, yeah, bring him now. Bring him now. Let's get him acclimated. Let's get get put the adaptation period behind him. Um, and then next season we'll be ready to play. Much like we did with uh, Grimaldo. Grimaldo joined joined uh, Benfica mid-year. And he didn't play until the last couple games of the, of the season, if I recall correctly. So um, I understand, you know, wanting to to leave him in Argentina, and, and maybe that kind of plays into, you know, uh, keeping good relationship with the uh, with the Argentinian club, or or even keep the the price at a certain level. But I, I think that you bring him now, and you get him used to it. You get him acclimated to the team, the team's dynamics, the team's play. Uh, you get him training. You get him adapted to a new reality, which is Europe. Uh, different speed of football, uh, you know. So uh, I'm I'm all for it, but I think that it's going to depend on whether or not uh, Gonzalo Gedge goes. So we'll see. And there's been talk. And you about also that. need to think about uh, Europa League registration. Yeah. You're only allowed to register three new players uh, for the winter time. So we bring in Cristiani and and Rollheiser on top of. Uh, Marcos Leonardo and uh, Fernandez here. One of them's going to be uh, left off for uh, for Europe for the second half. Yeah, I ju- I just think that you know, and I could be wrong, right? Depending on the, on the kid's talent, but I think that Cristiano is going to spend a lot of time with the beat, just getting acclimated, just getting some some reps under him. So we'll see. Um, Dave, that's all I got. You got anything? all I got as well. I think that covers Recap it, right? Two games, previewed a game, went through the winter transfer um, market so far. Freddie's got any, uh, any yeah. questions? Let me let me here? just uh, let me just run through uh, some comments here. Um, Nuno M says this has to be some sort of business which one Neves in in Silva. Talking about United. Uh, okay, Nuno M says Man United has a buyback. Uh, apparently, is twenty five to thirty percent from what I no, twenty five to thirty million. So okay. if they want to buy him back, from what I heard, since his price tag is really low, six. Um, yeah, six million. Yeah, that's you know, it's a it's a good deal. I think. Uh, I hope that he pans out, but but certainly there's. 
there's that one hesitation in terms of, well, he was playing for struggling Granada, but ne never really got playing time at a team that, you know, is, is doing bad. Uh, but he's also a kid that's been in the uh, youth setups for, for Spain. He, he attracted the he was at Real Madrid. He attracted the attention of Man United. So that there's there's some there's some some things that offset that hesitation at, at Granada. And I think that even Granada's president today, I, I read on a ball that he said that the kid was no longer interested in being there. Uh, and understandably so. If a team is doing shitty uh, and you're still not getting playing time, you know, it's a lose lose situation. Anyway, that's all I got. Dave, always a pleasure. Righties, thank you very much for uh, for your support, for for being in a chat, for being uh, active. Sorry, with uh, with just Dave and myself, it becomes tough to to check on a chat and to get the chat involved. I apologize for that. Um, so that's it. That's all we got. Thank you very much for checking us out. Next week we'll be back. We'll recap uh, this. Uh, this Boa Vista game, and we'll we'll do a big preview of the the League Cup Final Four. Happens not this weekend, but next weekend. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your week. Be good to each other. Take care.